Hello and welcome to the Who Are You Wearing podcast where I, Kerry Pritchard-McLean, sit down with some of the most stylish folk that I know and chat to them about clothes, fashion and style. I'm so excited for you to meet this week's guest. It is fashion designer Coco Fennell. Now, I didn't know Coco prior to this interview. I had, of course, creeped all over her Instagram and perved at her exquisite house, but we'd never met or spoken. So I suppose this is as much a podcast where I audibly fall in love with a brilliant, open and funny woman as it is a chat about clothes. We recorded this episode in May of 2021, and I was in a tiny room that I regularly refer to as a walk-in wardrobe, and Coco was in her stunning house. Go on Insta and look at it. In London. I'd like to warn you all in advance, as I really lose it when Coco tells me who her godmother is, and I embark on a several minute long monologue about her, so get ready to cringe or skip through it, whichever one you deem most appropriate. But enough about me, let's sit down and ask Coco Fennell, who are you wearing? Do you remember Tammy Girl? I lived for Tammy Girl. So, yeah, exactly. Where they, instead of clothing sizes, they like measured you by height. Yeah. Um, and so you'd like get your clothes in centimetres. And everything was kind of quite inappropriate for children. <laughs> so it was a lot of like tiny little pink shorts with like a big kind of um, blossom style belt with a big heart on it and then like gingham crop top with a big heart on it. Like kind of cohorts, <laughs> like kind of inappropriate cohorts and... <laughs> I remember that very strongly, just going absolutely apeshit in Tammy Girl. I remember, I loved it so much. I I remember for a certain birthday, I can't remember, I must have been in primary school or just in secondary school, and I got a matching, a cord again, very strong on those, is a (laughs) a pair of camo uh, trousers and then a matching fleece, but not in in sort of that picked up the green of the camo. Real nice. And they had it in different (laughs) colours. I toyed with getting the blue, but I was like, let's stick to khaki. A colour I now hate. What happened to Tammy Girl? (laughs) Should we start a petition? (laughs) Yeah. But I do think that, like, where then do young girls go because there is like a a bit that's um you know I, I think young girls before they become teenagers trying to dress like adults there is an interim yeah. bit of fashion there that Tammy Girl was really good at hitting maybe we should brainstorm maybe this could be our new venture that's it <laughs> slightly slutty clothes <laughs> <Finally>. for <laughs> underage girls no maybe not maybe not um so yeah I love that I remember my best friend had two t-shirts one said hustler in rhinestones and another one that said 69 in rhinestones and I remember just thinking oh my god I want these t-shirts so bad <laughs> and I must have been about 12. We were a real era of sort of sexually explicit stuff on on t-shirts I yeah. remember my friend bought a vest top which said shaggable slut and her <laughs> mum burned it. Sorry that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. What- is it? Do you think it was because the Playboy sort of stuff was was trickling down? I remember lots of people having like Playboy bunny pencil cases and stuff. Oh, big time! I actually I was speaking to my boyfriend about this the other day. So I've got a really bad tattoo on my lower back that I got when I was thirteen, which is so grim. And it's the same tattoo as Britney Spears has because, of course, she was my queen, <laughs> still is. And it's of a kind of fairy in the recovery position. It's just so bad. But I remembered the other day that it was a toss up between that and a like and a Playboy bunny, like a like a actual like full. Oh, my God. I just think, imagine. 
Imagine if I had that then and now. Oh, God. I think you really... Dreadful. I never thought that hearing about a, play, a, a fairy in the recovery position would turn out to be the lesser of two evils in terms of tattoos. <laughs> oh, bless her. Luckily, I don't wear low jeans anymore, so you can't actually see her. Yeah, and when bless they come her. back, I'm sure we're all going to wear the diamante thongs, so it might even cover it anyway. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, did you have a strong sense of style as a kid then? I mean, I think I did, but I and I thought it was very cool, but now I look back on it, it definitely wasn't. Like it definitely kind of I think it was that kind of Tammy girl and then it was the kind of big Blink one eight two hoodie, Bolts jeans, um, very tragic kind of limp, mousy brown hair bob. <laughs> um and then it kind of transitioned into a kind of Avril sort of <laughs> sort of, you know, like tie with a with a top and a mini skirt. So I think I just kind of, and then and then like a Lily Allen style, like prom dress with trainers, mm. you know. So it was quite, it was quite strong, but it wasn't good strong. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I've definitely always quite liked dressing in quite a like silly way, I think, for mm. sure. So there's, it seems like there's always been a sense of fun and expression to how you've dressed then, even as a kid. Yeah. Definitely. I think I can't really remember a time. There might have been a little period when I was sort of 13 trying to sort of fit in more where I just wore quite boring clothes. But it's been it's been pretty stupid most of the time, to be honest. (laughs) And so it sounds like you're influenced by, rightly so, kind of pop icons as you were growing up. But was there any influence at home? Like who who dressed you? Um, So my mum was is amazing and had such great style so she literally was like looked like patsy from Abvab. so she had like blonde beehive like big black glasses like chunky kind of gold jewelry <laughs> and like kind of black jeans high-waisted with a gold belt just fab and my dad's always been very kind of he always wears the red velvet suits with leopard skin shoes and like a cravat <gasps> so it's amazing. like so i think there's just like I think if I dressed in a boring way, it would be, it would be um, frowned upon at home. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the opposite effect. <laughs> Were you ever put in anything that you absolutely hated wearing? No, I think when I was like a kid, kid, I was very like specific, and I'd only wear kind of one thing. So Mum would wash it when I was asleep. There was like a little mini mouse dress that I wore. She said she literally had to just wash it while I was asleep because I wouldn't wear anything else. And then me and my best friend were quite often in like matching little outfits. And actually like, sometimes when I look at my designs now and I look at like, that I've designed and I look at old photos of us when we were kids, I'm like, oh my God, I've obviously totally kind of <laughs> taken that on board and recreated it in like an adult size. <laughs> You're always trying to <laughs> chase great. the high of the Minnie Mouse dress basically. I think so. And whenever now, if I look at kind of kids' brands, I'm like, I wish they made those in adult sizes. Do you feel like that? Absolutely. Like, oh. I'll see like a little girl, like wander past in something, and I'll I'll be furious that that's <laughs> not something I can go on Instagram and find. You know, that's not Googleable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. Wolf and Badger have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have a a sort of favourite item of clothing that you never wanted to take off? Was it was it this Minnie Mouse dress? 
Yeah, it was. I think it was. I think it was just like a pink t-shirt dress with Minnie Mouse on the front. I think that was that was the one I never wanted to take off. Um, but I've got a really bad memory. I honestly think I might have some kind of amnesia because when I try and <laughs> think of my past, I'm like, there's just swathes of things I don't remember. So I need to probably look into that. Yeah, it's usually indicative of deep trauma, but we'll, uh, it's not Is the podcast it? for that. Yeah. Let's get into it. Come on. <laughs> um yes it's it's it's, sometimes it's the brain protecting itself so it deliberately forgets things oh gosh oh no (laughs) think about that later (laughs) it's protecting you from all the outfits like you're just remembering the high of the Minnie Mouse dress (laughs) do you remember the high of the corset and tutu Well, so when you were uh, I imagine that's a reference to your teenage years um oh yeah when you were a teenager what are the what are the big trends going on? Did you did you buy into any of them? Um, what would that have been? It would have been like the early noughties. So definitely quite kind of Britney, Paris Hilton. Yeah, those super, super, super low jeans. I loved Betsy Johnson, like obsessively, which was not for my shape at all. Those kind of like um, strapless, ball gowny type yeah. things. Um what else? A lot of fake tan. I wasn't at peace with my <gasps> paleness. Oh, no. Very... I've got naturally straight hair and I would straighten my hair to literally within an inch of its life and then do that thing where they, like, flicked at the ends, like yeah. that kind of John Frieda <laughs> trying to... Like a kind of beach babe and just looking <laughs> like an absolute pile of trash. Um, what were the other ones? I mean, it was mostly that and then, like, the bodycon, the the disasterly bodycon dress, which, again, was not for me. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't submit to the bodycon. I think I was... I think I knew my limitations by that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... What What were you wearing? Well, I think... Was that, how old are you? I think we're similar ages. I'm 33 today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Happy birthday. I'm 34. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah... What was I as a teenager? I I went through the skateboarding phase of very baggy jeans, and then I had a bit where I was sort of experimenting with. I liked retroy stuff, so I used to buy these seventy shirts off eBay and wear with like oh, yeah. cord flares, and I thought that was my look. But I, I was always trying to sort of emulate men. I think I thought were very cool, so I was basically dressed like a seventies man for a bit. Um, and even when I was a skateboarding, it was the, it was the masculine element that I really liked, which is so weird because I'm so ultra femme in everything now. But then I, I grew up a tomboy, and I fluctuate between being at home dressed like a man, <laughs> and then if I'm on stage, it's it's always very flancy, silly stuff. I went through a stage and I went and bought myself a pair of like brown dickies, like tra- workman trousers, and um, I found it because I've always had a big bum. The size I had to go up to to fit my arse into it was so (laughs) distressing for me that I bought them and spent loads of money on them from like a skateboarding shop and then never, never wore them ever again. So I find Dickie's incredibly triggering. You should know that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. I used to have a serious um, like skate shop thing when I was about 13. I'd just wear those like massive bolts jeans. Do you remember those? They're like so wide leg and the like rainwater they would pick up to the knee were quite... (laughs) quite a look yeah they, I had that thing of I think the the bottom sort of half of every pair of jeans I had was made from like 
kitchen roll, like bounty. It would just like soak up and you'd be so, it'd be, it'd be so dirty as well. You, it was rainwater. It wasn't like nice water and just like sloshing about in those and big bouncy skateboarding trainers. Yeah. Absolute nightmare. Yeah, we used to wear like long socks to hide our cigarettes in with those jeans at school. And then like having to like lift up this disgusting wet jean to get your fags out. It was horrible. Did you have... A rebellious phase because it sounds like your family is fairly rebellious in what is deemed conventional. Mm. Um, and and if you did have a rebellious phase, did it did it show up? I'm I'm thinking your rebellious phase would I guess be wearing like a plain polo shirt and, and a pair of like straight leg jeans. Yeah. <laughs> um, rebellious with clothes probably not, but like rebellious in general, I would say yeah, definitely. I was I, I think I was an, not even a nightmare, just like yeah, just. Yeah, just sort of going out much too young and sort of being a general nuisance, I think. I remember my dad having to come get me from a club because I'd left him like a drunk voicemail telling him like, I think I'd said I was staying in watching a film and then I'd left him a voicemail saying I was at a club and I was at this club and I was actually so embarrassing. I was at this club and I was so drunk and I was wearing like a thick jumper and I took my jumper off and I just like wasn't wearing anything underneath it. And so I was just like, oh, well, I guess this is what's happening in this club. And then my dad appeared. He'd obviously heard my voicemail, appeared and had to sort of take me home and shouted at the doorman. Um, Yeah, so that was quite embarrassing. Yeah, so clothes-wise, no, but just generally, I think I was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I I feel like taking a woolly jumper off in a club is quite a rebellious act of fashion. (laughs) To just to do, Charles just in a sort of terrible Calvin Klein bra, I think, <laughs> with the boy from school that I fancied. Oh, awful! I can't even think about it. I think you have such a clear sense of style as as you, and also as the clothes that you design that you make. Thank you. When did? that appear when did you put because as soon as you were saying the fake tan thing i had a deep it deeply resonated as in the i think she did a documentary nicola roberts from girls aloud talking about her journey to acceptance with her beautiful skin so so when did that stuff start happening where you started to be like okay no this is me i think I, i i was sort of blonde up until i was about 21 and then i dyed my hair black and then i kind of liked being pale i think i sort of liked that combo and so I stopped with that, stopped with the overplucking. Actually, no, I really, I think I shaved off half my eyebrow so I could make them more angular. And now I look <laughs> at pictures, I'm like, I look mad. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think I was just sort of wearing quite a lot of like really tight, like restrictive stuff. And then now I like wearing like my own dresses or suits or stuff that just feels more comfortable and yeah I feel sort of less less self-conscious in um and my whole kind of ethos with my brand is like I want to make stuff that's really flattering and stuff that's really flattering all the time not just like when you're feeling your best Mm. um so yeah that's really important to me yeah because so before this I was talking to my partner and I was telling him about you and showing him your clothes and he he said um uh I mean, he's essentially a, a gay man who just happens to go out with a straight woman. <laughs> um, That's but he what my mum like... says about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't Beautiful. wait then. I'm really looking forward to the red velvet suit and leopard print shoes stage. <laughs> exactly. The Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Yes. <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> he said, oh, she, 
she said he said it's the first time I've seen clothes and I can see that it's designed by a woman because I was like look how flattering I feel like you could go up to any size in, in these and you would still look great in them and it would still make every part of your body sing is is what I feel about it oh that's so nice thank you well that's exactly what I kind of hope to have because I think I'm definitely quite self-critical and quite um can be quite sort of self-conscious and so it was just important for me and for like my customers I want people to feel as good as possible basically it's so nice and did that come from you feeling like it's like if it's not there you build it yourself like you were feeling a bit like I guess not let down but like oh what I want to wear isn't there so I'm gonna make it yeah definitely I think that at the time when I started I started quite young so I was sort of 22 and I think I'd kind of like fluctuated quite a bit in those years of like leaving school and like going out all the time and all that sort of thing and I just couldn't really find stuff that I found flattering and that's the kind of yeah that's the main reason I set it up and you know I'd go to like you know all those kind of high street shops and just like despair in the changing rooms like you know that that everything about it like the lighting the kind of 360 mirrors the whole thing like still to this day it's just yeah it's not for me at all I don't think oh my god I I had a bit in a routine about the um the absolute living well references to having a panic attack when you get stuck in a dress when the zip breaks Oh, and you're no. like, I'm going to have to get the fire brigades to come and remove me from this because it's on. And there's like one one tit under the thing and one tit over. And you're like, this is it. I'm in this forever. Um, and <laughs> the other thing of the H&M mirror on the side. So you see oh, your my profile. God. Yes. It's that. It's that kind of like backside angle where you're like, well, I'm never leaving the house again. Yeah. How has anyone even spoken to me at this rate? <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? And the it? down lighting, the down lighting <laughs> of the kind of like every like bit of cellulite. You're like, I didn't even know this was here. Cellulite on my face. Could this be real? <laughs> but it's it's so strange that they would do that because if I was to have a bricks and mortar shop, that dressing room would have the most flattering. You know, there's there's thin mirrors where they. Yeah. There's one downstairs in my house where I think it's just the shape. It's shaped like a coffin, so I think it just makes you look slimmer. So everything, like you know, because of my internalized fat phobia, everything looks better in that mirror because I look smaller. But that is how like yeah. people, you know. People largely, because of the society we live in, want to look smaller. So I would have nice mirrors, I'd have great lighting, and I don't know why they don't invest in making the changing room where you look your best self. You are preaching to the choir, baby. I am literally... <laughs> that is... Oh, I, I just can't believe it. Like, even in... um, What's that awful underwear shop? The Victor- Victoria's Secrets, they have, like, a dimmer switch, and that place is a hellhole. But, I mean... A dimmer switch is a great idea. You just yeah. dim it right down. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost pitch black. Perfect. That's what One I want. tea light is what I want yeah, for my lighting. Light. <laughs> a tea light, but like above the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a kind of fairground mirror just distorts you. <laughs> in at the waist. Giant head in at the waist. Perfect. So you're like, the, the look now of like, sort of jumpsuits boiler suits and 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 then suits that's what i see you in a lot and and your clothes yeah. as well so that it's that must be quite that feels like because you're wearing your own stuff fairly new right in terms of st- your style 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, I just feel more like relaxed in that. I think before I would wear like a lot of like very tight backless stuff, as I said, Um, which is great if you're like feeling great. But it's sort of not it's not an everyday look, let's face it. (laughs) Even though I was peddling it as that. Um, But I do think like definitely I'm quite I'm more kind of shy than people would think, I think. And so I like wearing kind of quite silly stuff and like big kind of costume jewelry and rings and earrings and stuff. And I think that's kind of makes me feel less sort of vulnerable, I suppose. Oh, so it's a bit of an, an armour, really? I think so, yeah. And I think it kind of... But then it's sort of... A, it's quite annoying because I think it makes me appear quite... maybe sort of standoffish or like... I don't know, I think I give off quite a like bitchy vibe like my face just sits what is it resting bitch face I have a resting bitch face but I'm actually hopefully not like that at all so it's quite an odd I'm quite at odds with the way I look I think that's so, I've got the wrong face that's so interesting because all I've ever heard about you is how lovely you are oh um, that's so nice Thank yeah you. everyone was it's like oh, she's so so lovely but yeah that, that no, I'm joking <laughs> I want a list no I'm joking I think it's because on being truly honest with you I was like mm, she looks like someone who wouldn't talk to me because she's so oh cool God, what and they were like, this oh, no, my... she's lovely. So Also, I'm such a big fan of yours already. And I listened to your podcast, um, All Killer No Filler, because I am the biggest serial killer guy ever. <laughs> of course you are. You're a white lady. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very excited. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. I'm very bashful and embarrassed now, but thank oh, you. No, and <laughs> um, So... You're talking about your um, your look in general. Do you consider like makeup and hair part of it? Because your hair's this stunning blue at the moment, and I Thank feel like that. You. Do you have to work? Do you ignore that like it's just any hair color, or you're like, well, I've got to be aware that there's there's a massive gorgeous blue hair on my head. <laughs> got to be aware. What? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Oh my god, that's like the main bit. I would say, like I'm quite. My hair, I love. I mean, I love having it blue because it's so silly. Um, but makeup, like I always wear makeup. Like it's actually quite sad because I just I don't really like going out not wearing makeup, which is sort of tragic at the age of thirty three. Um, but yeah, I definitely hair and makeup's really important for me for the as the first bit of it. And your makeup now is is very very beautiful, but has it has it changed? Has it evolved, or are you like this is like how long have you had this face for? <laughs> this face, um, this has been my face for my whole life. But this guy's uh, definitely like the last like ten years, I think. Quite like pointy, quite like Disney villain eyebrows. I always do like a kind of um, beauty spot. And it always smudges. And someone <laughs> always is like, oh, you got something on your face. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And they kind of wipe it off with their spit, disgustingly. And then I'll go straight back to the bathroom and be like, eh. And I, I just think I should probably just get it tattooed on or something at this stage. But it oh. moves around quite a lot. So it's kind of like a kind of, what do they have when they used to cover syphilis with like <laughs> patches? <laughs> but I don't have syphilis, but it's kind of like that. 
just an ever moving beauty spot. It's nice to give the illusion, though, isn't it? A little, a little bit of mystery. Has she got syphilis? Or? Exactly. Has she got syphilis? Has she got some sort of smudged, sort of dirt on her face? Who knows? Um, I had, I, I got a big blonde bit in my hair. I've got roots at the moment. I go to hairdressers on Monday. Don't panic. Um, <laughs> And um, the, the, one of the reasons I got it is because I had read somewhere about people who go through incredibly stressful uh, things in their life and overnight they'll lose pigment in a chunk of their hair. And I wanted it to look like something horrific had happened. Trauma hair. <laughs> yeah, trauma hair. I mean, I'm so privileged I have to sort of emulate trauma through my hairstyles. <laughs> Just look it up. Just Google it. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. Google my surname in 1993. So um, over the years of getting to your, feels like very finessed, very packaged style now, are there any trends that you've experimented along the way that are like, <laughs> shan't be doing that again? I mean, all of them, like all of them pre... Definitely all of the teen ones. Like, I mean, the amount of corsets, the amount of corsets, and I'm very flat chested. I mean, it was just not, it was not a good look. Uh, yeah, a lot of tutus, a lot of like kukai, a lot of, what was it called? Like Morgan de Tour. <laughs> what was it called? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Like, it was, it was an absolute shit show. Like, I thank my stars that social media wasn't around when I was a teenager because <laughs> even like the Facebook albums alone is like mm. it's a it's a criminal it's criminal I need them I actually looked up the other day how you can like have things wiped from the internet <laughs> very difficult <laughs> it it's is very it's difficult quite, it's quite a lot of money and it's usually used for people who've been like wrongly accused of a sex crime and the fact that you're <laughs> being like I don't want those pictures of me in a corset out there <laughs> But I, I mean, honestly, I actually, they are so disgusting. It's, it's, it's a hate crime, actually. It is a hate crime. <laughs> um, what about, is there anything that you've had for, for an item of clothing you've had for a very long time that you would still wear? Or, and a sort of second part to this, what is the old, uh, oldest item of clothing that you have? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so much because I am a hoarder of clothes in a disgraceful way. Like... There's stuff that I might have never worn or worn once and I will keep it forever. Like, I just cannot get rid of stuff. Um, so the oldest thing I have... I mean, I literally have things with kind of name tapes in from when I was at school that <laughs> I'm, like, never going to throw away. Um, do you mean oldest, like, vintage oldest or oldest, like, like an 18th century bonnet? Well, I guess both. Like, what's the item of clothing that you've had for the longest time that you still wear or, like, I'm going to wear that soon? Obviously, the weather's very changeable. And then what's the oldest in terms of vintage? I have quite a good sort of jacket that's like a trench coat and it's covered in lips and some of the lips have cigarettes coming out of it. And uh, I've had that for a long time and I still wear that from time to time. Sounds absolutely incredible. (laughs) It's very good. And what about eras in terms of fashion? Are there any periods of time where you're like, I would love to be around then just for the fashion? I mean, yeah, definitely like 60s and 70s are my favourites. I definitely would love that. Both, like you say, like men's and women's fashion. Like it makes me really bummed out that men 
I just think men have really shit style uh, mostly these mm. days. And like, I feel like in that era, people were so like experimental and just even like, like you say, those kind of suits with the big collars and the kind of, even though they were made of quite like synthetic fabrics, it was just like such a great look mm. and kind of stacked heels and stuff. Love yeah. That. You'd see like dads, you know, like getting married and they're like 23 and they'd be wearing platforms and flares yeah. in a bright coloured polyester suit with a big wing and they'd have like a blowout. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Bring back that. Bring back the blowout. <laughs> bring back the like absolutely vast, um, you know, sideburns. Oh, love it. Bring them back. I think the 70s especially were very glamorous for men, whereas now I think the, the tends to be... Um, the men holding court in terms of fashion tend to be queer men. Yeah. Um, and Harry Styles pretending to be queer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wish that I wish that um, s- straight men, I guess, had as much fun as they could have yeah. with, with fashion because it can be really fun and I feel like they're missing out a bit on it. Yeah, definitely. There's kind of two... There seem to be, like, one extreme or the other. There's no just, like... Yeah, just kind of looking... Nice. My mum always looks out the car window. She's like, what has happened to the world? She's like, just brown, brown, brown. And then there'll be like a poster for like prettylittlething.com and she'll be like, ugh, hideouslittlethings.com. I'm like, mum, Jesus Christ. I love her. She's coming on the podcast straight away. She's great. She's brilliant. <clears throat> what, um, have you got an item of clothing that you put on and you just instantly feel great in it? Um, yes. There used to be one that was like a bright, bright, bright red sort of backless, again, dress that the colour on like pale skin was really good. I love that. And now I've actually got this dress by, is it called? It's called like Dilla Valley, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like a high necked, um, silver sequin dress that's like to the floor with like puff sleeves. It's quite kind of um, the vampire's wife sort of shape. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that is amazing. And then, of course, sort of all my all my own stuff I love wearing. And mm. that's really great to just sort of put on whenever, really. What's your relationship with shopping like? Are you someone who like thrilled by it or uh do you hate it is it online for you is it in person it's out of control for sure i just sort of sell dresses to buy more <laughs> other other dresses um but i do, i like i really don't like shopping in shops i don't really go to shops much um so yeah all online always mm. um and i love like like ebay and etsy and like finding vintage stuff and then I can't resist your high streets like Zara. I just can't resist. Um, and then I love, yeah, I love like um, Moschino and Vivetta and sort of 60s brands like kind of Bieber. Have you ever seen the pictures of the Bieber shop? Oh, from from the era? Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Oh. I've, um, I've got, I don't want to brag, but I've got some activewear Bieber leggings on right now. Oh! Oh, I didn't know they did leggings. Oh, oh they, they came do. back again. They came back again, yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's... Uh, they're sold on Sports Direct, which is... Um, I mean, it tells you quite a lot about the direction they've, go, <laughs> they've gone in. But there's some nods to it in terms of the shapes of the sleeves and there's some really nice fabrics in there. Um, but also it does... If it doesn't feel like iconic yeah, yeah. Bieber stuff. I basically just want to live in that shop. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? I want my shelves to be giant 
like they're kind of giant um, sardine cans that are like rolled up and then the shelves are within. <laughs> I mean, that's what I want. That's fine, right? No, I think that's really Seems genuine. logical. No, it is. A, I think that's a very logical, stylish um, storage solution. I think yeah, that should exactly. be made. I'll see you on DIY SOS, mate. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm obsessed. That has been a lockdown treat for me. Nick, little Nick. Big Nick, Nick let's say. Lovely Nick, old who's Nick. in trouble? Oh no, is he? Everyone's in trouble. What's he no, done? No, not in that way. I think he just he oh. did an advert, and the BBC were like, "You can't, you can't do a Shreddies advert and be on the BBC." Um, oh, okay. He's not just like done a terrible. No, but <laughs> exposed and he got himself the vibe. in public. <laughs> no, we weren't surprised, <gasps> were we? <laughs> <laughs> the one we're obsessed with is George Clark. I got John a uh, signed photograph of him for Christmas. <laughs> is he the Geordie guy who does the houses? Oh, yes, please. Have That's you watched him. Interior Design Masters with Alan Carr? Yes. It's so good. You sound like me in that I have lots of stuff and I don't like to get rid of things. And I'm, yeah, but I'm also aware of like, oh, the planet's on fire. <laughs> I'm so yes. aware of like sustainability and consumption and, and things and things like that. Is that something that you you think about as well, or is it just me who's wrecked with guilt? <laughs> oh my god, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, pretty much everything I buy is kind of vintage mostly and whether that be like yeah stuff for the house or clothes um and like I do kind of despair a bit with all those kind of boohoo.com slight sort of type things and like with my stuff I always make it in kind of short runs like small batches because I never want to have kind of leftovers or wastage um so that's definitely something that I um like find really important and I have no interest in like wholesaling to like you know there are so many people Mm -hmm. that can you know make you know whatever like 10,000 units but have really small profit margins like I would much rather make fewer and make them better and Mm. not have kind of millions of things in a landfill somewhere yeah absolutely well what is the best thing then you've ever got from a charity shop or a thrift store like the second best second hand thing oh um, I've got a kind of yellow sort of Saturday night fever style big collar <laughs> big collar like yellow jumpsuit that's like sort of split quite low it's amazing wow yellow doesn't really suit me though so again it just sits there like waiting calling at me but surely with the blue hair it would look amazing oh yeah I might actually now I've got blue hair I think it's I got it when I had black hair it's a bit, it looks a bit like a kind of Kill Bill knockoff, but what's wrong with that? No, Nothing. no complaints here. I guess <laughs> no don't take your sword out with it and you'll be absolutely fine. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> but I always take my sword out. <laughs> um, so thinking about the future now in, in terms of your, your journey with style and clothes and fashion, do you see your style evolving as you get older or will you always be in like bright suits and you know backless things I think that it I mean I kind of want to be one of those like older ladies like Jane Fonda or so my godmother is actually 
Dame Joan Collins, the the woman herself, the the angel. Oh, my God. Um, So for me, I'm like, I mean, she's in her 80s and she looks the best that anyone's ever looked in the whole world. So I kind of want to be, yeah, just like rocking, rocking the sequins and the big jewellery till I till I go. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm just going to take a second to stand Joan Collins. Um, I, <laughs> I uh, years ago when I was probably I don't know, in my oldest in my early twenties, I went to see a one woman show that she did, where she's supported by sit down, four puffs and a piano. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> is there is there a more perfect marriage? Um, oh my god, I forgot about that. Legends. And she came to San Didno and and she was absolutely brilliant. And there was something about her vibe on stage that I guess I'm always trying to channel of being so... And she talked about sort of like Elvis flirting with her and things like that. And it was so gorgeous. It was so well done. And um, of course, she had sequins on. She looked amazing. And so I've always had a fondness for her. And I obviously think she's absolutely iconic in what she's worn over the years. And then I was watching American Horror Story and she pops up in that and is acting everyone off the screen and looking amazing, like... The hair, you know, she's just nailed her style. So, like yeah. the hair, the jewelry, everything is is beautiful. So I just think Joan Collins is is brilliant, and you must know yeah. that. God, what an inspiring person to grow up around. Oh, I mean, honestly, like, also, it's just that is the thing. Like, I wish I could be asked to be like on always. Do you know what I mean? She just looks amazing always. Like, even if she's just like at home, she's wearing like. I don't know, like a camel cashmere, you know, tracksuit with a kind of big fur hat. You're just like, fuck, yes, like this is, this is great. Or like, who, like Jane, yeah, Jane Fonda, like any of those kind of that kind of era, just so mm. glam. It's I great. Be bothered to be that glam. It is. It's the upkeep, isn't it, for me? It is the upkeep. <laughs> but I think when you're used to it, I guess you've got it down to like a fine art of just. Mm. Like, I think you can probably do it quicker than you think. Yeah, Who that's knows? true. Just <laughs> everything's, like, lasered and tattooed on. So, actually, it's it's just a case of running your fingers through your hair and then getting up. <laughs> well, I always think, like, my... I was thinking earlier, like, my... The person I most, like, identify with in a film... I watched it the other day. Again, I used to watch it all the time when I was a child. Is um, Goldie Horn and Death Becomes Her. Yes! Because it's, like complete schlub or like glamour puss desperately seeking youth like that is the two modes and I was like yes this is it this is the this is my guy and I actually think they're easy bedfellows because to put that much oh, work yeah. into it you've got to because like also my partner I never wear makeup around the house never and then I'll like my makeup for work or if I'm lucky enough to be doing something on television someone will have painted my face and he's like you look amazing and I'm like that wouldn't happen if I made an effort all the time <laughs> yeah I was like lucky you um well it's true because I saw you perform in a show that John was doing in I think in Hackney and you were wearing like a really amazing sequin number was it like a bodysuit or like a jumpsuit Probably. I, I, I always wear amazing. sequins on stage. So when people are like, oh, I saw gorgeous. you in a sequin thing, I'm like, yep. Again. <laughs> Boring. Um, but yeah, it's sort of my uniform, I guess. I, I just find it, it means I sort of almost don't have to think about what I'm wearing. Um, Where I'm do like, you oh. find it all? I need to know. I need your sequin um, 
dealer? <laughs> well, I love a little bit of eBay. I've started to get stuff custom made as well. Um, if I if I want it and I can't find it, I'll there's a great girl and I'll say <gasps> I'll like draw it or and send it to her and she'll she'll make it. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I found her on on the gram. And then there's a few other places like Donald Stanley. It's really great. They do some lovely sequins. But yeah, it's it, I'm trying to isolated heroes are great as well. So just oh, places. I love them. Yeah, and they're such good girls. They made the, for my third show. They made the thing that I did the tour in. Um, this this um. They hand dyed this because I couldn't find yellow sequins anywhere, um, and they hand dyed this. Um, <laughs> Sorry, like, I just love the way you said that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was genuinely worried. I was like, "Oh my god, that is stressful." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they got this massive, and I was into disc sequins at the time, so they got this disc sequin fabric and then hand dyed it like a lemon yellow and made me a cape and stuff to go with it. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just went in, and they're so great, and they're all like, "We're so hungover because Rita Ora was in Dundee last night," <laughs> and they're just like so. <laughs> good they're such a good bunch amazing um and they're really they think so much about their impact and you know they they've got a great studio of women that they employ and you know there's kids in the students just loads of things that yeah. i really believe in of like i don't want to use the phrase girl post because it makes me feel absolutely sick inside but in but that ballpark <laughs> yeah i've said it it's, ha- it's in the air have you ever <laughs> seen um there's like my favorite designer ever and I want to get a suit made like it. It's this guy called Nudie Cohen. And he Ooh, did um, all of like Elvis's suits and Dolly Parton and Graham Parsons, all those like iconic kind of embroidered suits with sequins. Um, and he's the best. And there's a girl in America. I almost don't want to say her name just to give it away, but she's called Rose Cut Clothing and she makes like bespoke. You should look at, I'll send you a link. Bespoke. I think- do you follow her already? I think Rachel, my Rachel Fairburn, who I do the podcast with, has just had something ah. of hers. Yeah, I think she's just had a, a, a like a western almost like yeah. top. Yeah, wow. amazing. My one of my tour outfits and um, that um, Steph made was I, I basically sent her. I was obsessed with Dolly Parton at the time, so as a result, I've got this sequin <gasps> play suit with massive fringing underneath oh, in, in red God. and black um, and then what else of all your outfits yes oh, don't you don't you worry you're gonna get sent them um <laughs> whether you wanted it or not it was gonna happen um a look book <laughs> yeah and at the moment as well i i've just when when my partner and i get married i think i'm gonna get an uh an elvis suit <gasps> made basically i cannot believe you said that because that I, is what i want Really? The white, the white suit. So, <laughs> should we just Uh-oh. go halves? <laughs> Imagine just... if we just like came to blows right now. Like, okay, this is over. <laughs> Are you? Go- yeah, because it's a, a suspicious mind sort of like white one, right? Like the one, like the, which one's that? The one with like the big belt. Yeah, it's that one. He's got a really good blue one. <laughs> it's a bit like, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> but you know oh, what? No. I had a conspiracy theory themed dress, fancy dress party like 10 years ago, and I hired an Elvis suit, and I was like, as soon as I put it on, I was like, Mama's home. And I bought it from them. <laughs> the baby's back. <laughs> yeah. And it's awful. Up. It's hanging up in the wardrobe now, and it's like polyester, and it's, it's you know, it's cheap. It's a Smithy's sort of costume. But. Every now and then I'll pop it on, and I, for a while I thought need about a picture of that. Yeah, I thought about wearing it and never acknowledging it on stage. I just thought it'd be a really funny thing to come on, Amazing. basically as Elvis, and it's very flattering as well for like women. It's a, that shape, yeah. especially you've got, I've got big knockers and a big bum. It's actually big belt brings you in, you know, like a deep V. It's perfect. Oh my god, that's so funny. Actually, this reminds me of um. So when I was about eighteen, we, me and my family, did like a road trip around America. 
And when we were in Vegas, um, they got their vows renewed at the like Elvis Chapel of Love, which was sublime. My mum's always saying like how fit the Elvis impersonator was. And we look back at photos, I'm like, mum, he was not at all. <laughs> but anyway, so like after the ceremony, it was so amazing. It was like, like, do you promise never to step on her blue suede shoes and be her <laughs> hunk of hunk of burn love? Like all this stuff. Afterwards, like they were, um, we were in the kind of foyer bit and you can buy all this merch. And so like, got all these like bumper stickers and there was this t-shirt that I would wear like every day for the next like five years that said like just married like Graceland wedding chapel but I've lost that t-shirt and that was that was a real fave I kind of like made it real slutty and short and then I could just like talk about Las Vegas when I was wearing it. (laughs) Um, Hello I'm wearing an icebreaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah exactly. No it wasn't me who was married. I'm still on the market, (laughs) but I'm not. Are there any trends that you hope never come back? I mean, the straight, the hair straightening one, the like poker straight hair was pretty bad. Mm. Um, Do you know, for me, those kind of wet look leggings, terrible look on me. Those kind of (laughs) pleather leggings. Also, um, the tights with no bottom I used to wear quite a lot you know the like the t- the the kind of pedal pusher tights mm, mm. with a denim mini that was quite bad it's quite Paul's boutique I was 100% uh, Paul's boutique <laughs> yes oh my god Paul's boutique is that the one with the no and there was the other one with a monkey on was that Paul that Frank that was Paul Frank all the Pauls all, all the, the Pauls, Pauls need to just big, get out big Paul era <laughs> big Paul it's a big era for pools and all of those pools. Actually, I bought a really quite expensive coat. I panicked. I was like, had it was early for a doctor's appointment last weekend. I went to Selfridges and I bought this like really expensive pinko jacket, which I mean, honestly, it looks like it's like a kind of um, army jacket that's then just had like some like big diamante stuck on it. Like it's so Paul's boutique. And as soon as I left the shop, I was like, what have I done? I've just spent so much money on a on a pool classic. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I God, yeah, that era. That you know, the footless tights, and I I just went at tights. I took, I oh, cut yeah. the bottom off. You them. Wanna, yeah, I didn't want to spend the money on actually. No, getting the legless ones. No, absolutely not. And there's a. In fact, my parents got married when I was quite old. They're in my twenties, even though they've been together Aww. probably fifty odd years. Um, and there's a picture of me in a um oasis dress. Hello, and a pair <laughs> of footless tights on the wedding day. And it's um, I remember someone saying to me on the day, "Are you sure about the tights? Because it's a white, <laughs> it's a white dress." That I've got a black bra on, a strapless, and I've, I've kept the bra. Um, uh, so you've got black straps. You've got a white dress with, like, blue... The, the dress is okay. It's like a puffball thing with blue flowers on. And then black tights and some blue, like, vintage heels that I got from a charity shop. And um, I remember... My, I think my mother was like, you sure about that? I don't think you need the tights. And I was like, well, the tights are what makes it cool, Mum. So obviously I'm keeping the tights. <laughs> awful. Truly awful. I know. And I think, for me, it was like... Because I really don't like showing my legs. So for me, it was like, this means I can wear tights in the summertime. This is a real game changer for me. Yeah, Um, I had the same. Because at 16, I started getting varicose veins because it's it's hereditary. My parents both have them really badly. So it was a little bit of... 
I mean, I look back at now what I was hiding and I was like, give me that tiny little vein that you could only see from one angle a little bit if you were very close <laughs> compared to the absolute, like, lumps of Stilton that I'm now <laughs> walking around on. But, <laughs> but it's varicose veins, like, under the... It's not like... It's like under the skin. Yeah, so they like, pu- it's where the valve breaks and they sort of push out. Um, oh, and yeah. I, uh, they don't hurt at all because people are like, you can get them sorted out. And I'm like, they don't hurt. So there's no point ask, you know, getting it on the NHS or whatever or, or paying for it privately. It doesn't actually bother me. And also, I had that thing where I was like, you know, when you're like, you know what? No one ever notices the flaws about you. It's it's all in your head. And yeah. I remember I was at the gym and my PT went, oh, what are those things on your legs? And I was like, okay, <gasps> people can see them. <laughs> oh, my God. Kill them. Have them killed. <laughs> He's too big. They He's can too go. Strong. Them and the two pools can just get in the bin. <laughs> Final question. Um, Very, very sad day. Yeah, you're, you're passed away. It's your funeral. Um. I don't know if you're being buried or, or cremated or fi- fired out of a rocket, but what what are you wearing in the in the coffin? What's the outfit? What am I wearing in the coffin? I mean, just uh, maybe just have like really nicely lined in kind of some sort of peach silk, <laughs> something really like glamorous, and then maybe just like nude <laughs> and an open casket. <laughs> Yes, I like it. <laughs> I, um, uh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm wearing. That's so good. I'd be so deeply afraid of doing that that everyone would be like, is those veins, is that what killed her? <laughs> no, definitely not nude. That would be... I'm a, nev- I'm a complete never nude. Do you ever watch Arrested Development? Yes. and I'm a never I'm a- nude to the max. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. <laughs> so maybe after I die, I'll just be like, fuck it, come on. <laughs> and it'll be in perfect condition because you've kept it, you know, like you kept the wrapper on it this whole time. Like yeah, it's box fresh. Exactly. It's white. It's so pale. <laughs> it's like they won't even know that I'm dead. They'll be like, sure she's dead. She's just as pale as she was before. <laughs> what would you wear? What's your outfit? I don't, do you know what? I'm still working on that one. It's quite, okay. it's quite, it's something dramatic. I think something yeah. dramatic. Um, I'd like a veil with some kind of mechanism that pulls it away from my face. So there's oh sort of an God. unveiling. And I want, <laughs> I because I basically do my makeup now like I've been done by a funeral director. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be a, a huge leap in terms of the way that I look. <laughs> oh my um, gosh, who was it? Oh, we found this amazing um, listing. You know, there's like, there's kind of listings of like guardianship houses. Yes, and the listing was um, for an old Wacky's warehouse, which is like a soft play place. <laughs> and we were just like looking at it, like how weird is this? Like your sofa's just in this like soft play area. <laughs> the whole thing's as it was, but you've just like got a microwave in there. And one of the people who lived there, it was like three creatives in their twenties. And one of them's job was they were training to be a, f- a funeral. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Makeup artist. And I was just like, imagine living in the wacky warehouse with the funeral director, makeup lady. Like, what a life. It's so, yeah, that's a chapter of someone's book, isn't it? Absolutely for sure. And I, you never see them on Glow Up. It's always influencers, isn't it? It's never the people who are doing a strong brow on, you know, a woman in her 80s. <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode I want to see. Yeah, exactly. All the challenge I want to see. We have to talk about. I can't. I can't start talking about that because I'll never stop. 
how lush was Coco? I treated myself to one of her dresses too, because um, you sort of got to, haven't you? Um, so I'll let you know how I get on with that. It's pink, which feels bold for me, which is such a weird thing, because I normally dress like just a giant walking vajazzle, and I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure about pink. I'll keep you posted, guys. Um, we've had some more lovely reviews. I'm going to read this one from Nettie, and it includes some compliments in my direction. So just know that I know it's cringe to read it out, but I am really enjoying it at the same time. So Nettie says, I'm already a fan of Kiri's, and I love listening to people chat about their relationships with clothing and body confidence. So I knew I'd enjoy this podcast, but it has surpassed expectations. I gave up on the high street fashion shops years ago. I've learned to sew my own clothes after never finding anything to fit. I'm so much happier now as I'm making clothes for the body I actually have. I'm no longer thinking about why I don't fit into mass-produced generic shapes and sizes. Hearing about other people's little revelations and treasured items and those garments that make them feel wonderful has been great. I look forward to each episode. Nettie, that is such a nice thing to say. I know exactly what you mean about being in a body that feels like it's, well, you know, they just can't make an item of clothing that fits everyone, even delineating it into sizes, like every size 14. There'll be so much variation within that. So telling ourselves that our bodies are wrong when we're working with such an invariable system is, well, it's just mad, isn't it? And and that's the other thing is you can know it's mad like I do, but it still doesn't stop you feeling, you know, less than or sad when you can't fit into x y or z but i think it's good to remind ourselves as frequently as we can that there's more to life than what clothes we fit in and also we are very lucky in that we're living in a time when it comes to fashion and clothes that the world is waking up to the fact that we there's so much variation and we're all very different and there's money to be made out of us so as soon as they realize that they can monetize us um I think it means more choice. Uh, I genuinely love all the messages you get. I would, if I could, I could just do a podcast of reading them out, but I think it would be too gross. It's really motivating, though, um, to hearing that you guys are enjoying it so much is is so nice, especially because, you know, Joe and I have worked really hard on these and we're really proud of them. So it means an awful lot that you guys like it. And your lovely reviews mean that more people listen to the podcast, which is the dream. If you're not pop us an email, you can. We always love to hear from you. You can get us on who you wearing pod at gmail.com. Now I get to bang the drum of an indie business that I like, and it has to be the babes that are name checked in this episode, the ridiculously fun isolated heroes. How do I describe isolated heroes clothes? Um so it's sort of 90s influence, very fun clothes with plenty of colour fake fur, sequins. It is impossible not to feel joyous in them. Sam, who created the brand, is such a gem. She is so hardworking and creative and she's really engaged and honest and open on the company's social media. So you really get to know them all. She's ably assisted by a great team of local Dundee-based seamstresses who often model the clothes on the Insta as well. So you can see how they look on real humans. Also, they use like a variety of body shapes on their models for their shoots, which I just think is so important. Now, all the items are made to order in small batches 
and as a standard, they're stocked from a size 6 to 28. But they're also very happy to do stuff in custom sizes. So if they don't have your size, get in contact with them. And I can vouch for them because I've worked with them. They've made some custom stuff for me and they are ridiculously creative, fun and helpful. They're really good at making zero-waste accessories with their offcuts as well. And now they have a circular initiative. This is so interesting. Um, so I found this on the website. I didn't know this before. So if you buy something from them and, you know, you're like, mm, I'm not getting as much wear as I wanted out of this or it needs repairing or you're just not feeling it anymore or your body size has changed, whatever... You can trade in older items to be repaired or upcycled or you can trade them in for points to be used against future items. It's such a good idea. I just love them. Check them out on their Insta. It's at Isolated Heroes or on their website, isolated-heroes.com. We will be back next Monday chatting to the incredible activist, artist and icon that is Travis Alabanza. They're such a laugh. I spent the whole day after we recorded this podcast just grinning, so I can't wait for you all to listen. See you next week. is produced by Joe Southern, the artwork is by Mary Phillips, and the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production.